0: welcome back to the fba lifestyle podcast we got an amazing guest today meet emma she is a killer badass professional amazon copywriter and uh she her website is marketingbyemma.com you can check her out and today she is going to school us on how to write a winning amazon listing emma are you there hey hello hi
1: Hey, hello. Thank you so much for that very enthusiastic introduction and mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk with you today.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So um, looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, you got your, I can see your screen here.
1: <laughs> Perfect. So, uh,
0: yeah. So you brought a, a little presentation and uh, yeah, you're going to school us on how to write a winning Amazon listing. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll hand the, uh, the torch to you.
2: And awesome. just, before you, just before you start, Emma, just uh, one word I would like to add. Not only she's an awesome uh, copywriter and all that, but also she's a very uh, sought-after uh, speaker because I met her at the Global Source event uh, conference in Hong Kong last, uh, last October. And among all of the experts, killer experts that were speaking, her talk was one of the ones that really, uh, you know, stood out. And that's why when I was looking for for a potential expert to invite for the... Uh, uh, experts uh, webinars and all that when it came to, uh, to, to copywriting The first name that came to mind, of course, is, is you, Emma Because you made a really uh, strong impression at that, uh, that speech And I said, wow, I need to get her on board And I'm very oh. happy It's been uh, almost a month going back and forth with emails But finally we made it happen So you guys today are going to yeah. have a real treat Because she's not only a pro, but she's a killer So Emma, the floor <laughs> is yours
0: Killer
1: all right. Wow, you put a lot of pressure. Thank you so much. No, for those pressure, at words. no <laughs> pressure at all. No pressure. Relax. <laughs> uh, so yes, all right. I'm going to be speaking about listing optimization today. But really, my goal is no matter what you're writing, uh, that you're able to communicate more effectively and achieve whatever goals you're trying to achieve with that piece of writing, or just more generally with communication. So I'm the co-founder of Marketing by Emma. We founded our business in 2016. That uh, gentleman sitting next to me is my husband, Ares. He's also my business partner, and we specialize in e-commerce copywriting. So that means Amazon listings, website copy, and any of those other really foundational texts that a e-commerce business will need in order to sell successfully online. So before we get into the specifics of what makes good copy, when you're talking about Amazon, you have to talk about SEO if you want to be found by your customers, then you need to make sure that you have a really strong keyword strategy that's going to allow you to get in front of the right eyeballs. And so with Amazon, that means the A9 algorithm is something that you're going to need to familiarize yourself a little bit. Uh, I'm going to need to move the, there we go. My face is blocking what I'm trying to read and look at. So pardon my pause.
2: So let's look at... You can easily move it with your cursor.
1: Yeah, I just did that. Thank you. No problem. Uh, (laughs) So this example here is something you don't want to do they obviously are clear about the keywords that they're wanting to index and rank for but they're doing that to the detriment of their customers experience because if you look here you'll see the red part that's underlined and it's not until the n- the ninth word that we begin to understand what this product is so if I'm a customer and particularly if I'm a customer on my mobile phone which if you look in the bottom right hand corner you can look and see how this This title truncates on mobile. And so if I'm a customer that's either looking really quickly or on my phone, I'm really going to have almost no information about what this product is. And so when it comes to your title, while there's a lot of really valuable real estate there from an SEO perspective, you have to also make sure that you're balancing that with a really clear idea of what your product is so that a customer can look at it. Know exactly what it is and go, yes, this is exactly what I was searching for, and click into your listing. If you don't do that, then people are just going to scroll right by you and click into one of your competitors' listings instead. So... First of all, you want to make sure that you're doing your homework and you have a really clear idea about the keywords that you want to be using. So if we go back to this example, you'll see that they've identified unique birthday gifts for men, dad, and husband. Now, those are really general keywords. They are not at all specific to the product itself, which is this nine-in-one survival tool. And so the problem with those types of words, while they can be useful, they are not necessarily going to be creating that consistent traffic of people that know that this is the product that they're looking for and those are ideally the ones that you want to find like unique gift for your dad as we see in in the bullet here the first bullet you could be shopping for a dad that has no interest in survival tools so that's while it could be something interesting to focus so strongly on that could really be losing an opportunity to get those very warm and eager customers that are searching for exactly this type of thing. So do your homework, make sure that you have a clear idea of the words that you need to be using, but also be skeptical when you're doing your homework. So whatever tools you're choosing to use, think about things, not just like volume because a lot of times I'll see people and they'll go after only the highest volume, search volume keywords, and those can be very attractive, but they're also going to be very attractive to your competitors. So they're probably going to be very expensive and very difficult to rank for. Whereas if you go for some of those longer, a little bit lower search volume words, while they may not have that really attractive high search volume number, they're going to be having a lot more customers that are looking specifically for what you're selling and you won't have to work quite as hard in order to rank well on those. So also being clear what sort of keywords are going to fit naturally into the copy of your listing is something that you wanna be thinking about. So if we look at this first bullet again, you see gift for men idea. That is poor grammar. So even though that could be a really great keyword, by making it front and center in the copy of your listing, you're really detracting away from your professionalism just for the sake of trying to get get that keyword into your listing. And it's important to remember that your, your title... Your bullets and your description are not the only places that you can put keywords. So if something doesn't fit in the front end, you always have the back end where you can input things. So don't feel like you have to find a way to make it work if it's going to potentially make you look unprofessional or reflect poorly on your product. So being really thoughtful about that. And then lastly, the thing that's so important is you really need to be keeping your keywords natural when you were writing your listing. So I always get the questions of how many keywords should I aim for when I'm writing my listing? How many keywords should I put in each bullet or in my title? And I know that it can be really tempting to think in those terms, but I would encourage you Rather than thinking that there's this perfect number, thinking about what are the most important keywords that you need to incorporate and then how you can incorporate those in a way so that it's not taking away from how you're trying to present your product. So thinking about every time you would want to say, Um, your product, just use one of your keywords instead. So it's a way of creating this balance where you're getting in those important keywords without overdoing it like this example where we have Christmas holiday, Father's Day, birthday, Valentine's Day. It's a a big mess.
0: Yeah, keyword stuffing, they call it.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to keyword stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Here's an example of what you could do and what I would recommend these uh, this Sulcata brand doing with their listing. So you can see all the underlines are key, are keywords. And so it's still including a lot of keywords, but it's reading in a much more natural way. You get a clear understanding of what this product is and you're getting valuable insights beyond somebody just hitting you over the head with the idea of how great this gift is. And even that, let's say that that's Their strategy, nothing about this bullet helps me understand why it's such a great gift. They're just telling me that it's a great gift for all of these different men in my life for all of these different occasions. But if they were to tell me that this is going to be something that's going to provide great peace of mind. Or is one of those uh, things that they'll find endless uses for, but they never would have thought that it was something that they would buy for themselves otherwise. Those are the types of things that would be more engaging. But instead, telling somebody repeatedly that this is a great gift doesn't do anything to show me the true merits of this being a good gift to give. So we've spoken about keywords. We've talked a little bit about title as well. I'll, let's talk about another really important piece of Amazon real estate that oftentimes gets overlooked, and that is your images. And one of the things that's really important to think about is, and I love this quote because I think it summarizes it so well, there are always two people in every picture, the photographer and the viewer. And in this case, the photographer is you and you, or whoever is making the creative decisions about your listing and your business, and the viewer is your customer. And you want to make sure that your customer and every single customer that goes to your page, not just a customer, is getting the exact message that you want them to get. But as you'll see in this example that we're looking at right now, if you aren't controlling that message, then it's possible that every single customer that gets to your page is actually taking away a different idea from that picture. So in this case, we see an image of four people walking in some beautiful mountainside scenery. And you might be thinking about this trip that you were supposed to be taking, but it got canceled because of the pandemic. Whereas I might be seeing this photo and thinking about, wow, I can't wait to take my dog on a walk this evening. So it doesn't even directly relate to this picture, but it just sparks something else in my mind that I start thinking about. And then maybe I think, oh, my dog, and he's running low on dog food. And before I know it, I'm off somewhere else completely and, and not at all thinking about the product, which is what... If you're investing in images and taking the time to do all of these things, you want to make sure that if somebody's looking at your photos, they're thinking about your product in relationship to their lives, not think, getting caught in some thoughts that are taking them far away from adding your product to their cart. So one of the best ways that you can do, do that is you can use words to really control the message of your photos. But when I say using words, I don't want you to think that means throwing in a lot of text. I know that Amazon sellers can get really eager to create these really crowded images that have a bunch of different text circles in one photo. Don't do that. Imagine a great magazine ad where it has a beautiful picture and then a really impactful but very short and sweet piece of text, and that's what you want to aim for. And that's for a few reasons. One is you don't want to make people have to Zoom because if they're having to Zoom to read what you've written, then most likely they're just not going to take that effort. And then it means that you've done this extra work and it's not really doing anything to positively impact your bottom line, but also you want to make it clear what the photo is trying to tell you. So if you're trying to communicate everything under the sun about your KitchenAid mixer that you're selling, then you are not really being as focused as you could be to make a really compelling argument that really ties in with that particular image that you're showing. So think about how you can evoke emotion, how you can communicate some key benefits of your product. It's also great when you can combine imagery and text together to help clarify some points of confusion that are not easily described with just images or just text. So sometimes trying to show a special design feature can be a little bit challenging to do it with just one or the other, but when you combine them together, then you can very quickly and easily and clearly demonstrate that thing that would maybe leave people scratching their heads otherwise. Another great way that you can use text is to uh, really sell your brand, not just your product. So in the case of this KitchenAid mixer pictures on the right hand side here, you see there's a picture of some cupcakes that they've made, a pie, and then down at the bottom, we see this attachment that is a spiralizer for making noodles out of vegetables. And that looks pretty cool, and I might be pretty intrigued by that as a customer. And I may say, wow, this is a great price. I'm getting a KitchenAid, and I'm getting this really cool attachment. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm, I'm just clicking buy now. I don't even want to have to go into my cart. I just can't wait to have my KitchenAid. I get my KitchenAid home. I open it up. There's no spiralizer in it. I'm so disappointed. Where's my spiralizer? There was a picture that showed me that there's a, a spiralizer in this. That is a very misleading image. If there's no text there because this this product doesn't include that attachment however if they were to add a little bit of text here to say something about all of the other great attachments that you can get including this spiralizer not only would that help to clarify for me so that I don't have unrealistic expectations about what the product is but it may actually pique my curiosity enough so that I want to go see what other attachments I can buy. And so not only am I avoiding having disappointed customers, but I'm also having an opportunity to make some upsells and increase the value of the purchase. So the text can be really powerful for many, many different reasons, and it's something that you definitely don't want to overlook when you are creating your listing. So we're gotcha. if we take a look... If we take a look back at this image that we looked at and we just add a little bit of text here, then suddenly you may notice that, a, that there's a water bottle in the hands of... Oh, and now my photo's in the way again. So one of the people is holding a water bottle. And so even though the water bottle is by no means the star of this image, it's helping me understand what this picture is trying to communicate so that I don't end up on some tangent thinking about the dog food that I need to buy when I am supposed to be thinking about, oh man, this zoom is, how do I, <laughs> I apologize for my technical, there we go.
0: Got it.
1: Hey, <laughs> guy, right. oh. got it. Oh. You can't, my mouse isn't visible. So, oh, am I? Is there a problem?
0: You're back on the mountains page.
1: Yeah, that that I was accidentally clicking forward too soon to my face was in the way and so Oh yeah. <laughs> you have to I can't see my mouse so I had to hover over my head and oh, uh anyway. accidentally click Yeah, we
0: can still see the screen now. Now we're on the uh, guy opening the door.
1: So next thing you want to be really mindful of is to put your customers first. And I think the best way to communicate this is to look at a good example and a bad example. So we have e.l.f., which is known to be a dupe of this much higher end makeup product by Tatcha, which Tatcha is a luxury Japanese skincare company. Elf's product is $7.99, whereas Tatcha's is $52. So since all of YouTube is telling me that Elf is identical to Tatcha's silk canvas, it's really Tatcha's responsibility in this case to help convince me why it's worth spending that extra money for something that everybody says performs exactly the same way. And what I will argue is that Tatcha does a a terrible job of this. And Mm -hmm. it's doing a terrible job for a few reasons. One is if you look at Elf's bullets on the left, you'll see that all five of the bullets have these all capitalized headers. And I really like this technique because what it does is it helps give a customer a very clear idea of what each bullet is about. So if they have certain buying criteria that they need to check mark, they can really easily find that information. So let's say that I know that there's a particular ingredient that I need to stay away from. I can quickly go down to the free from free from bullet, the fourth bullet, mm-hmm. and it's telling me that it's free from phthalates, parabens, all of those things. Uh Tatcha also has a section about this, but it's sort of hidden away in the fifth bullet. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't make the effort to go looking for that, there's a chance that I just would either give up because I wouldn't have the energy and want to take that effort, or I just wouldn't be able to find it. So that simple... Technique can can make it much much easier for those customers that have a particular detail that they absolutely Need to know but it also just generally helps to focus things And so when you're doing this that doesn't mean that you can just write whatever you want to write in your bullets Before you sit down to write your bullets you want to think about what are those five? really important points that I must communicate and then make each one of your bullets Around that one point, and Mm -hmm. you don't have to cram everything into your bullets. So if you're like, "Oh, but this is really important too," but it doesn't go along with any of the five points, put it in your description.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people they poorly fill it up, and it's just huge paragraphs in each bullet.
1: Right. And so a lot, of, a lot of categories allow up to 500 characters per bullet. And so sellers are like, whoa, that's a lot of, those are a lot of keywords. That's a lot okay. of information. Don't do that. The, mm-hmm. I don't know how many of you have looked at 500 characters per bullet, but those are huge chunks of text mm-hmm. that are really difficult to navigate are very off-putting, and if you're truly putting things there that customers can use to help make good purchasing decisions, then making them make a lot of extra effort is most likely just sending them over to one of your competitors where they'll be able to more easily find that information that they need. Mm -hmm. So it's also, I think, old old thoughts were that nobody scrolls down to the description. But if you look on mobile, you'll see that the description actually appears before the bullets. So it's not this forgotten piece of your listing that nobody looks at. And so you do have space in the description where you can add those extra details. And in fact, the description can be a great place to communicate some of those things that it may be sort of hard to fit into the bullets. So let's say that you sell a skincare product like this Tatcha product. If you look at the third bullet, it's talking about all of these really luxury ingredients, pink and gold pearl, their aging superfood trinity, and I don't know what any of those things mean, and I guess they sound sort of cool, but I'm also assuming that those ingredients are why their product is $52 instead of $7.99, and they're not really doing anything to communicate to me why I should be slathering pearls and anti-aging superfood trinity on my face if they did a really good job of that then i might say you know what this is completely worth it because i want to look like a baby angel face i i don't know what what these what these ingredients are supposed to be doing um but it can also be a little bit difficult to do that specifically for each ingredient within your bullets so if you were to Have a more cohesive bullet just about some of your really great ingredients and what those overall benefits are. And then in your description, go into more specific detail about what's so special about pink and gold pearl, what's so special about this special superfood trinity, and help me understand why those ingredients are so important and should be a part of my skincare routine. But they're Mm -hmm. not really... They're not doing that and, and it's hard to do that in the bullets. And mm-hmm. so if we look at the, Elf is a registered brand, so they are able to create A-plus content and they have a great A-plus page. Uh, it's really simple, it's punchy, it clearly communicates who their brand is. They're using some social br- proof with the primer that broke the internet. They're very clearly communicating what how this functions and what its benefits are. They're using one of the comparison chart sections to show uh, some of their different star products. So if I'm buying a primer, there's a good chance that I'm also going to want some foundation and I'm going to need a makeup sponge to apply all of that. So they're doing a good job on cross-promoting some of their other products. And all in all, it's just a great page. Mm -hmm. This is Tatcha's. It's one run-on sentence.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice description. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what I think is really interesting about this, so Tatcha is actually a really popular brand at Sephora, and it's something that for people that are excited about makeup, it's a brand that a lot of people know about. And so it's not just this weird, obscure company that doesn't know how to do Amazon. It's a very successful company that just – they either don't have the manpower. They're assuming that their name is enough, or they're they just aren't versed in the strategy for what it takes to be successful on Amazon. And so mm-hmm. it means that even if you are not this titan business, you have a real opportunity to compete against some of these big brands if you figure out how to do the things that you need to do to succeed on Amazon. So to have a really strong keyword strategy to create a really great looking and engaging listing when you compare the two next to each other, I mean, a, a luxury brand that doesn't have a, a correct grammar in their description it just looks sloppy it makes you wonder is this even the brand up there or is it some reseller that's selling a counter counterfeit Tatcha? but that yeah. works in your favorite favor if you're not one of these big businesses
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that ties into my next point which is that you must pay attention to grammar spelling proper language all of those things it's really important. I know that people have this perception that nobody reads, but that's just not the case. In fact, we were recently working with somebody and they were getting ready to quit Amazon. They had about a four point something conversion rate. Mm-hmm. They It was terrible. They just didn't know what to do. We, wrote, we rewrote their listing. We did not touch their photos. We did not do anything we didn't upgrade them to a plus content we just rewrote their title their bullets and their description and their conversion rate went to over 29% wow nice that's that's it and it's so to say that people don't read is is maybe making a a big generalization that doesn't apply to everybody. And there are all kinds of people in this world. So yes, there are certainly people that don't read that are just going to look at your reviews or that are just going to take their favorite influencers recommendation and not even look into it anymore. But there are also people that they research the heck out of every single product they purchase so they're going and they find you on amazon they're searching you on google to make sure you have a website they're doing all their homework and so for those types of people they are going to potentially be looking at your listing much more closely and you want to make sure that you're respecting those customers and those customers while they may seem a little bit more difficult they're also the ones that are much more likely to leave raving reviews if you can do the right thing to excite them so you don't, you don't want to, to dismiss any type of customer, and you don't want to assume that that people are not reading or make those kinds of generalizations because you're really just closing the door on opportunity. So this is an example, again, of what not to do. All of the underlines are either awkward phrasing or uh, <laughs> weird spelling. Uh, it's just poorly written. It makes you think, is this product really quality? Does it really do what it say, says it's going to do? Probably not. That puppy looks a little too happy about having its paw shoved in some weird cup device thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so it's not that somebody is going to be looking at your listing Hope. You know, trying to find grammatical errors or weird language, and they may not even be actively aware that that's what they're noticing, but it may be just enough to trigger them to think something feels a little bit off here. So even if they don't know what is wrong and they don't they don't know what kind of grammatical error you're committing it's giving them that pause and it's giving them an opening to question the validity of what you're saying and the quality of your product and the reliability of your brand. And you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I want to point out here, if you look at this bullet, um, the, the third one, it says, by purchasing our dog paw washing cup, you help us saving the stray dogs. Obviously that's very poorly written, but it's also doing something that's a tactic that, I would strongly discourage you not to do unless you truly have a philanthropic organization that you're donating to. So I know it can be tempting to want to say, oh yes, and we donate part of our sales to some random place that we're not going to tell you about. And that you think that, oh, People will feel good about this. You know, people love shopping from companies like Tom's and whatnot. So why not play off of that? But people can see through that. And so if you're not really clear and if that doesn't in some way fit into what would make sense for a brand like yours that sells products like yours or that in some way aligns with your brand's messaging and story, then it just comes across as a really cheap and poorly done sales technique and people don't like being sold to that way Mm -hmm. so as tempting as that can be don't do it unless you are truly having that organization
0: be real people people can see through your 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 fake your fakeness these days
1: yes and i would say it's 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 not the same, but it's also something worth considering. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make when they're trying to do their own marketing writing is they come across as, for lack of a better way of describing it, late night infomercial sounding. So those really over the top claims that just feel so exaggerated and those, that type of style of marketing, it does have a time and a place, but it's not really fitting to this type of platform. And it just comes across, again, as being really aggressive and a little bit too in your face. And additionally, you don't want to be making promises that you can't back up. So if you're, if you're saying your product is the absolute best at doing this thing and it's not, then when customers return it because it's not doing this, then you have a problem with Amazon and you might get your account suspended because you're having too many returns because you made promises that you couldn't actually keep with your product. So you want to make sure that you're accurately describing what your product is, that you're not just trying to make it sound better than what it is, and having a a very honest representation of your brand you know, you can, you can still make it sound attractive, but you don't want to make promises that are beyond what your product is really capable of Mm -hmm. doing.
0: Yeah. That's actually one of the key things I've noticed. um, Some of my products is if you kind of hype up some of the features that are maybe not all the way there or kind of um, uh, make them expect too much, then that leads to negative reviews because they were they were expecting too much out of something, and so um, yeah, best to underpromise, overdeliver, as they say.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. It's people will appreciate even like let's say that your product has something that it doesn't do as well, and you're honest mm-hmm. about that, and you say it, this is you know obviously you do it in a way that's not making it sound like you have a crappy product. Uh I wish I could think of a good example, but I can't at the moment. But you know, maybe this isn't best for this particular situation. And so customers that are buying a product for that particular situation, you're saving all of those potential negative reviews and all of those returns. And then what you're also doing is not only are you helping them not make a bad choice, but you're actually still helping to create a positive relationship with that customer because mm-hmm. they now have more trust in what you're saying because you're confident enough to tell them that this might not be the right fit for them if they have these specific needs. And so maybe they're going to go say, Oh, well, do they have a product that does meet these needs? And so it it can be uh, a little scary to think about doing that, mm-hmm. but it can be worth doing if nothing else than just to minimize those returns. Because what good is it to make a bunch of sales and then have all of that be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's only going to hurt you getting those returns and bad reviews, especially the bad reviews.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, not a path that you want to go down. So when it comes to grammar, read it out loud our brains naturally correct a lot of mistakes when we're reading something in our own heads. But if you read it out loud, it forces yourself to slow down a little bit more and it makes it easier to find those mistakes that you wouldn't be able to find otherwise. But you also want to make sure that everything that you're putting out there makes sense because what can happen is when you're really spending so much time researching an, a product You're going to learn the ins and outs of it in a way that your customers likely won't have that same knowledge. And so it may be that you are either making assumptions that they know things that they don't, that you're using terminology that they're not familiar with, or that you're just overcomplicating things by obsessing over small details that they don't really care about. So you really need to be able to take a step back and think about, okay, if I'm a customer, what do I care most about? And how can I communicate this in a way that's going to not be speaking down to them and making them think that I think they're stupid, but also not being so overly technical that it's over their head and then they don't understand it. And so then they're going elsewhere to somewhere else. And then, of course, there's a line there, right? Because you have to understand who your customer is are. So if you're selling a tool that's for electricians and you're not using the proper terminology that electricians use, then they're probably going to think that you're not this professional tool that they can rely on for the hundreds of house calls that they do a month and they don't want to be buying something that's not up to par. However, if you're selling a very similar tool that's meant for people that are doing their own home repairs and so they're not going to have that terminology and they're probably getting their their information from watching youtube videos then using that those really specific terms may make them think, ah, this product is out of my league or I'm not sure what they're talking about. Maybe I shouldn't even do this project at all because I just feel too confused. So you want to find that fine balance and it all starts by being really clear about who your customers are and where they are and what's making them want to buy your product in the first place.
0: Yep, awesome.
1: Which leads me to the next section, which is don't tell them what it is, but rather why they need it thinking in terms of benefits, not instead of features, but benefits and features together. So what is it about the specific features of your product that's having some positive impact on your customer's life? So let's take a look at this grass-fed keto creamer. And on the surface, it looks like they're doing a lot of things right. Uh, They have some of their bullets that have these all caps headers, though they don't have consistency, which I don't understand mm-hmm. that and I find it a little bit off-putting. Mm-hmm. But if you dig in a little bit deeper, what you're seeing is that they're really just talking about features here. So they're telling me about grass-fed ingredients, but they're not telling me what the benefits of of grass-fed are and there could be different benefits that they emphasize so they could emphasize grass-fed from an ethical perspective that certain customers may be very interested to know or they could emphasize the health benefits of grass-fed dairy products over conventionally raised dairy products but they're not doing either of that instead they're making the assumption that i see grass-fed and i know immediately why grass fed is better and i'm convinced even if i'm not convinced and with something like the keto diet there are many people that are doing the keto diet that are brand new into this whole space and might not have that knowledge so it's making a big assumption about the customer that they that they know what what is so great about grass fed when they very likely may not. They're doing a very similar thing with the clean MCT oil uh, as well. And then if you go down to feel full and increase energy, I would say that that's the closest they get to really honing in on what the benefits of their product are. But I would argue that they haven't taken it all of the way yet. Because feel full and increase energy is what it's doing, but the true benefit of that is really getting to the heart of why a lot of people don't diet at all, is because they are scared that they're going to feel miserable, and they're going to be thinking constantly about food, and that it's going to be this impossible situation that every single second of the day, they're thinking about what they can't have. And so if they could hone in on that a little bit more deeply and really speak to that fear and how it's not something that they need to be concerned about and that it won't even feel like work, that they will just become one of those annoying people that say, oh, yeah, I just forgot to eat. That's a pretty compelling message and one that shouldn't be left down at the almost bottom of the bullets, but should be much further up. And one of the real uh, star star points that they are emphasizing with their list, yeah.
0: Classic copywriting, kind of get into the more of the psyche and needs, wants, desires, fears of the uh, target customer.
1: Exactly. And so, with your bullets, as far as how to address the hierarchy. Typically, what I would suggest is that your first bullet should be that most compelling benefit, the real true reason why somebody is purchasing your product, and then what are those other sort of supporting details below that that you can fill in as well. So to me, the feelful and increased energy deserves a much more prominent spot and then I'm not sure that they even need two bullets dedicated to their ingredients, but we don't need to get into all, all of those specific details. But I, there's a much better way to organize these. And I think there are other points that could be much, um, much more compelling than how they've chosen to present things. And they don't really do a, a better job in their A plus content. This is a really lazy way of doing A plus content where they made an infographic and then they just kept their old description and added it into one of the text sections. And it's really not using that space to your full, to its full potential. First of all, I mean it says there are three delicious flavors, but why aren't they showing me all three delicious flavors? Then they're just reiterating some of the other points that they had in their bullets and that they have in their in their in the text of their description. So again, that it's grass-fed, that it's this pure CA8 MCT oil, all of those things. I don't know that they're that convincing. I know that I've used these types of creamers before. And some of the things that I would want to know as a customer are... How does it mix into coffee? Is it going to be really chunky? Is it going to leave an oily film, even though it's a powder? Mm -hmm. I would be very curious. Is it actually going to feel like a creamer? Because some of them they mix in, it makes your your coffee taste a little bit fatty, but it doesn't really give that creaminess. And Mm -hmm. others do that. So I want to know about the experience of using this. I don't really need to be Mm -hmm. told how to make my coffee. Mm -hmm. I think most people can understand how that would happen. And of all the things that you could put in the A plus content, that just feels very lazy to me.
0: Yeah. What I've done sometimes is uh, just put a a FAQ section.
1: Yeah. An FAQ section would be great. Uh, Even showing a picture of the product stirring into the coffee uh, could be, you know, Yeah, show it in use.
0: Yeah, always want to do that.
1: So the A plus content and your your imagery, lifestyle photos are so important because they really help people to see how what it's like to interact with your products. But also, they're more engaging. Even if you just have a hand in a photo, people are just naturally more attracted to imagery with humans in them. Mm. And so. Let's say that this coffee cup at the top, if it, instead of spilling over, which again is sort of a weird image to have, if you had a hand holding that coffee cup, just that, people would look at half a second longer, you know, whatever it might be. So thinking about those things and how you can really utilize all of these different points of human psychology to get interest, hold interest, and get people really excited about your product and really clear that this is the product for them. Mm-hmm. So, by... Right. Finding the benefits can be one of the most challenging parts of all of this. And so the the thing that I would recommend is you just keep asking why and you keep drilling down until you feel absolutely certain that there's no deeper place that you can get to. So with the grass fed ingredients. So the first thing may be that it's It's healthier. Well, why does it matter that it's healthier? Does it have more nutrients? Is it more supportive to, you know, keep going down until you understand what that emotional driver is that would make somebody excited about a product. And then you don't ignore the features, you just use them to support your claims. So you say, This keto creamer is five times healthier than your preferred half and half because blah, blah, blah. The blah, blah, blah is is the feature part. I wish I knew more about, about all of the details of grass-fed butter benefits. It's been a while since I educated myself on all those things, but you, I hope you get my, my point with this. So the features are important and they help give substance to what you're saying so that you're not just making eight empty statements. But relying exclusively on your features is sort of like having your images without the text where Mm -hmm. you're hoping that your customers will make those conclusions. Mm -hmm. And first of all, they're probably not taking that much time to really think about things. And Mm -hmm. even if they were, they might not have the knowledge to draw those conclusions. So it's important to draw it for them.
0: Yeah. Explain why the features are going to benefit you, exactly what that means.
1: Exactly. So, sort of in summary, you want to make sure that you have a really thoughtful, well-researched keyword strategy that isn't just focused on the highest volume search terms, but is very relevant to the product that you're selling and that you're incorporating those keywords in a way that's going to be natural, that's not going to detract from the copy that you're creating. You want to make sure that you're making it really, really easy for customers that have specific buying criteria to find that information immediately. Uh, So whether that's a compatibility question or they have specific dietary needs, whatever those points may be, they know how to find it, whether it's organizing your bullets with those all-capped headers, making sure that you're being very succinct with your text so that you're not just writing a bunch of excess words because they sound good, every single word on the page should count. If it doesn't count, if it's not in some way pushing that sale forward, it does not belong there. Making sure that you're very benefit forward. Also, like we were speaking about, really building that trust. So everything from making sure that you have perfect grammar to not over-promising to clearly explaining what your product is all of those things will go a long way towards helping to build that trust because there have been a lot of stories in the news about products that did not meet safety standards that were counterfeit fits that were in other ways problematic and so customers are more weary than they once weary than they once were about who they're shopping from and so you don't want to create an opportunity for there to be a lack of trust like amazon is actually getting ready to publish the the brand name and the address uh, of of all of the sellers on amazon i think it's on the seller's page it's just the news just came out i think today or yesterday so i don't remember exactly where it's going but these are steps, steps that amazon is taking to help build that customer trust and so if amazon is making sure that they're helping to do that then that also means that it's really important for you to be thinking about trust and what you can do to to uh to make sure that you are not just creating opportunities for mistrust but really developing those stronger relationships making it very making it very customer centric so we're all of us as humans we love talking about ourselves and you can use that to your advantage so really framing everything around your customer and it's naturally when we go to write about our products it's easy to say our brand does this our product does this and it's all me 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 our our our, this 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 so people don't care about that they care about themselves so if you say you and your, and think about how you can frame all those things in a way that's centering around the customer, they're going to stay much more engaged with that. They're going to be much more interested in that. You know, think about it in terms of if you're, if you're talking to somebody in person that you just met and they just start talking about how great they are, Mm -hmm. probably pretty quickly you're going to, you know, your eyes will glaze over and you'll say, okay, how do I find my way out of this conversation? Well, they don't have to work hard to find their way out of this conversation. They can really click on, really easily click on one of the competitors that's advertising on your page, and so you don't want to do that. You want to maintain that interest, and one of the best ways to do that is helping really center around the customer, their concerns, the problems that you're solving, and and helping them to envision how much better their life is going to be. Gotcha.
0: I'm I'm get to that. It. I'm gonna go rephrase some of my copy and change some hours to <laughs> use.
1: Yeah, some good words to pay attention for. Our, we, uh, anytime you're talking about like the the brand name, like sentences that start with the, this, we, huh. our, there are a couple of others. And I guess just your brand name. You can just flip things a little bit. So again, yeah. it's not that you're not saying those things, But that you're making sure that the focus is on the customer first. Yep. And then the brand is what's helping achieve that. Yep. So here's an example of a listing that we helped launch actually last year. Now that it's warmer again, it's back up into the top 10 toys and games best sellers. And this is an example of what you should be aiming towards with your copy. So there's a really clear title that explains what this product is. And some of those key details So when you want to click in, and then it talks about all those things that a parent is going to want to know because it's also sometimes you need to do a little bit of thinking and the person that's using your product may not be the same person that's buying your product so it's a little bit more obvious in a case like this where it's for young children that the young you know a two-year-old's probably not going on amazon and purchasing this But in other cases, you might not immediately think about that. And it's really important to understand that you may actually have two layers of customers that you're needing to address uh, with your copy so that you're speaking to the concerns of the person that's making that purchasing choice, but then also to the experience of the person that's going to be using that product. So thinking about all of those things is really, really important. And so that's why I would encourage you, even before getting into all of this is to do some really deep exploration of who your customers are, who your competitors are, what makes you unique, and asking lots and lots of questions. Because what that will do is it will help to not only create more compelling copy But it will help you to really get a clearer idea of who you are as a brand so that you can differentiate yourself even more. Because on Amazon, a lot of times you're selling a product that there are a lot of other competitors. And you say, okay, well, maybe we're even manufacturing from the same place. So then, really, one of the only tools that you have to differentiate yourself is your branding, is your story, is your marketing. And so the more time that you've spent to get curious about who you want to be as a business and who you're trying to sell to, the more Mm -hmm. compelling everything that you're doing will be. Because it's not just kind of making surface level choices. There's a much deeper thought process and decision making that's going on for all of those things. So if you don't know how to do that, we actually put a worksheet together Mm -hmm. that you can use... It has a bunch of different questions and you can also use those questions as springboards for other questions to start asking. So if you have your phone around, you can open up your uh, camera, hold it up, and that QR code will take you right there. Otherwise, you can go to marketingbyemma.com slash 90dayfba and you can sign up to get that free worksheet.
0: Nice. Yeah, I was just going to ask you like is this like a customer avatar worksheet? Where can we find a good one? Yeah. yeah I, so, I need some <laughs> of that.
1: Yeah, so it's it's definitely some customer avatar work and it's also digging into what your why is, who you are as a business and being thoughtful about all those things. And regardless of what stage you are with your business, it's really important not just to ask these questions, but to revisit those questions over time because it's possible that some of those questions will change. But it can also even be a great tool for uh, helping your team to understand how to do better decision-making when they're doing customer service types of tasks. Or it may help inform the direction that you should take with, what product you're going to launch next. Or mm-hmm. you may realize that the packaging that you've designed isn't really the kind of packaging that your true dream customers would be really excited and drawn mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So it can it can inform a lot of different things far beyond just your Amazon, well, not just your Amazon listing, but in mm-hmm. addition to your Amazon listing.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I got some, I got some touching up to do for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I was actually just writing a fresh Amazon listing for a a new product of mine uh, just last night. So I was in that mode. So I'm kind of still in that mode today.
1: Awesome. Well, hopefully this will give you some good food for thought and things to consider. And maybe it'll also inspire you to go take a look at some of your other listings and See what you can do to make them just that extra bit more compelling. Yeah,
0: yeah I definitely will. Uh, well, yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, thanks for sharing uh, and everything. Um, I think I think we'll definitely uh, be in touch about uh, about some some of your services as well.
1: Awesome. And if if anybody has questions, please feel free to reach out. We also offer free listing analysis. So if you're just Mm -hmm. not sure whether your listing is doing what it should be doing, or you feel like there's maybe some more conversion potential than what you're currently getting, we're happy to take a look and point out some things that you may want to consider uh, adjusting
0: Nice. Nice. I love it. Um, cool. Well, yeah, everyone listening, check out marketingbyemma.com and uh, yeah, get her free, uh, her free worksheet, all that. Um, Heyman and, uh, and Abe, are you guys still on the call? And if so, do you guys have any questions before we wrap it up?
2: Well, I'm here. I've been listening very uh, carefully and very uh, with a lot of interest because that's something that I'll be going to myself. But yeah, I told you guys that's going to be a special one and mm-hmm. Emma hasn't uh, let us down. Quite the opposite as usual
1: nice. thank you <laughs>
2: no problem cool.
0: yeah thank you so much for <clears throat> for sharing all of this it was definitely insightful and i learned a lot i didn't know much about like the <clears throat> descriptions of amazon going into this since i'm barely just um, getting started on that but um
2: it was super helpful
1: Great. I'm so happy it was helpful. If you're not that familiar with descriptions, something I didn't mention but is worth keeping in mind is if you don't yet have brand registry, you can still use some very basic HTML tags just to help to organize your description in a way that's much more customer-friendly. So you can do some line breaks and some bullets if that's relevant to, and yeah. even some bolding. Uh, just to help to break up the information into much more manageable chunks.
0: Yeah. For example, in in Jungle Scout, there's a tool that does that for you. I was just using it yesterday. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, But yeah, so okay, cool. So yeah, so yeah, on her website, guys, she offers all of these services, of course, uh, done for you services. If you want to check her out, marketingbyemma.com. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. And thanks again.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. This was awesome. I really appreciate getting the chance to nerd out about listings yeah. today. <laughs> Thank you very
2: much, Emma. It was a pleasure okay. having you. Take care. Thank you. Right.
1: Thank you. Bye.
2: Thanks for listening to the FBA Lifestyle Podcast. Don't forget to follow on all podcast platforms, YouTube and Instagram. Ready to fast-track your first or next FBA product? Ready to create a real product that leaves the competition in the dust? Then check out the 90-Day FBA Challenge, a 12-week accelerator program with weekly coaching calls where we help you go from zero idea what to sell to a product live on Amazon within 90 days. And download the free Amazon Secrets ebook FBA Lifestyle The Amazon Experts. Start your FBA business, achieve the freedom lifestyle.